Hello everyone, this is Fola Kamalafe from Fresh Inspiration and today I want to continue what we've been talking about around receiving your healing and I just want to explain in a little bit more detail as we go through the word of God how healing is being received and one of the ways that we see predominantly um, in the word of God is where people have believed something and they've come to Jesus because they believe something and Jesus would say to them, your faith has made you whole or according to your belief, let it be done unto you. But also we also see instances in the Bible where Jesus may just call up somebody, you know, and heal them. And we see a lot of this, especially when it comes to the healings that were done on the Sabbath day. So we know on the Sabbath day, for example, there was a man with a withered hand that Jesus called and he healed. We know on the Sabbath day, for example, there was a woman with a bit of a hunchback. You know, she, she couldn't she couldn't stand quite straight. And Jesus called her and he healed her. You know, these were people that Jesus just called out and he healed them. And some of you may be asking, if you're like me, why did Jesus call these people and perhaps not other people? I mean, I'm sure there must have been quite a few people around there who needed healing. So why? Why this one and, and not the others? And that's what I just want to explore with you a little bit today as we talk about receiving your healing. And there are two things that I see here. One of the ways I, I believe that healing is ministered to us is through the gifts of healing. So when we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 8, the Bible in 1 Corinthians in chapter 12 is talking about all the different gifts of the spirit so he talks about in verse 8 it talks about for to one is given by the spirit the word of wisdom to another the word of knowledge by the same spirit and verse 9 says to another faith by the same spirit to another the gifts of healings by the same spirit and then when you continue to read through that you then get to verse 11 and it says, but all this work at that one and self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. So we know that when it comes to the operation of the gifts of the spirit, the gifts of healings, for example, or the other gifts called the gift of the working of miracles or the gift of faith, which all have to do with a supernatural manifestation in a situation, in a person, in a circumstance. When it comes to those gifts, the scripture says that they operate as the Spirit wills. So the Holy Spirit decides who and the Holy Spirit decides when. Actually, some versions of Romans 8.11 says, for example, it says, dividing to every man, that is the Holy Spirit divides to every man severally as he wills. The Amplified Version says the Holy Spirit distributes these gifts to each one individually as he wills. There's another King James Version that says the Holy Spirit apportions these gifts to every man individually as he wills. And I love the Message Version here because the Message Version says all these gifts, so there are nine gifts, including the gifts of healings. It says all these gifts have a common origin, which means they all come by the Spirit of God, but they are handed out one by one 
by the one spirit of God. So they all have a common origin, the spirit of God or God, but they are given out one by one by the spirit of God. Then he goes on to say in the message version that he decides, the spirit of God decides who gets what and when, which means that when it comes to the gifts, the gifts of healings we're talking about now, the Holy Spirit decides who gets what and who gets it when. So not everyone has the gifts of healings operating in them all the time. He decides when it operates and who it operates through. He decides that. And why does he do that? He does that because the gifts, when he's doing that, I believe he's doing it to fulfill God's sovereign purpose. There's a sovereign purpose that he's serving God's sovereignty, because God is not limited in his sovereignty. God can do what God chooses to do when he wants to do it to serve his purposes. And of course, the spirit of God is God. You know, so the spirit of God is is establishing God's counsel and God's purposes through you and I. So it's as he wills. And I sort of feel that is why maybe you and I can't always explain why Jesus chose the man with the withered hand or why Jesus chose the particular woman who had been bent over for 18 years. But he did, and I believe he did that by the Spirit of God. But we also see healings through other ways in the Bible, and we see a way that applies to everyone. You know, we see a way that applies to everyone. And this is the predominant way that I believe that every one of us can be healed. And actually, I believe this is the way that is favored by God because God says the just shall live by faith. We are encouraged all the time in the Bible to believe, to believe, to grow in our faith to trust God more, to believe the word of God, to stand in faith. You know, I believe God is raising up children who walk by faith. The Bible says, we have read this before, that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And that's why you and I need to understand the very basics of faith. We call it the ABC of faith. We need to accept God's word as a final authority in our lives. We need to believe God's word in our heart and not doubt. And we need to confess God's word with our mouth to see it come to pass and fulfilled in our lives. And we've already seen that in Mark 11 and verse 24. But today I want to talk to you about the things that I feel come in our way to stop our faith working. What are the things that come in our way to stop our faith from being fully effective? But before I do that, I want to show you from the Bible where Jesus talks about faith making people well. We've already seen before where Jesus is talking to the woman with the issue of blood. In Matthew chapter 9 and verse 20. 
And after she had been healed, Jesus says to her, he says, woman, your faith has made you well in verse 22. He said, daughter, be of good comfort. It is your faith. It is your faith. So this is not the Holy Spirit, even though we know that there is nothing that happens that does not involve the Holy Spirit. So believe me, your faith work involves the Holy Spirit. Because if I was to add a D to the ABC of faith, I'll say you and I need to be directed by the Spirit of God. When we're living by faith, yes, we we accept the word as final authority. Yes, we believe it with our heart and we do not doubt. Yes, we confess it with our mouth to see it happen. But we also need to be directed in our faith by the Spirit of God. Because the way it will ask you to execute your faith might be very different from the way it will ask somebody else. So we need to be directed. And I'm saying that because when I talk about faith, I don't want you to exclude The Spirit of God is very much a part of the working of our faith and the operation of our faith and the power of God that that releases to work in our life. So Jesus says to her in Matthew 9, 20, daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you well. When we look at Matthew 9 and verse 27, if you just go down a little bit, it talks about two blind men who followed him crying, son of David, have mercy on us. And in verse 27, Jesus says to them, Do you believe? Do you believe that I am able to do this? Do you believe? And they said to Jesus, Yes, Lord. And he touched their eyes and says, According to your faith, be it unto you. Do you believe that I am able to do this? And I believe God will challenge us sometimes, challenge our faith to say, do you believe that I am able to do this? And then according to your faith, be it unto you. I'll show you one more example in Luke chapter 17 and verse 11. In Luke chapter 17 and verse 11, we see Jesus, you know, and the 10 lepers, you know, And how Jesus healed and nine of them didn't come back. Only one came back. And in verse 19, it says to him, to this one that came back, Jesus said, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. Your faith in God, your faith in the word of God. Your faith in the power of God to heal. Your faith has made you whole. So we see the operation of faith here. So I challenge all of us to say, faith can make anybody whole. Faith can heal everyone. What we believe is strong enough As long as you believe it, then you can be made whole. But there are two things that stands in the way of the effective operation of our faith. And we're going to see that in Mark chapter 5. Two things that stands in the way. Mark chapter 5 
and verse 22. So in Mark chapter 5, we see the account of Jairus who came to Jesus. He fell at his feet and his daughter was at the point of death. The Bible says in verse 23. And he says to Jesus, come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. So he had faith. He believed. He says, if you do this, I know that she shall live. Not she may. She shall live. So he believed that she shall live. And so Jesus is going with him to his house. You know, and then we see the issue of the woman with the issue of blood. So we then join back in verse in verse 35. And he says, while Jesus was finishing off with the woman with the issue of blood, people came and said to Jairus that your daughter is dead. Don't trouble the master. And Jesus turned to Jairus and he said to him, do not be afraid, only believe. Do not be afraid, only believe. Fear is something that stops our faith from working very well. And we need to find a way to eliminate fear. The Bible says God has not given us the spirit of fear. Fear is not from God. The Bible says perfect love cast out fear. So he says, be not afraid. The news was not good, but he says, don't be afraid. Keep believing. And I'm sure Jesus will be saying the same thing to some of us. Keep believing. Don't allow fear. And I haven't given you the spirit of fear, but the spirit of faith that believes and that says, and the best antidote to fear is to speak the word of God. Fear, and you can see that as as they go through, Jesus eventually gets to the to the house of Jairus, and the Bible says that when he got there in verse forty, they were laughing at him and they were scorning him. They were full of unbelief. They were surrounded by unbelief, and Jesus had to put them out of the way and go into where the daughter was, and then of course he told her to arise, and she arose. The second thing that will stop our faith working is unbelief. Unbelief will stop our faith from working. When you look at Matthew chapter 17, Matthew chapter 17 and verse 14 says, so in Matthew 17 and verse 14, this is the account where the disciples were not able to heal the boy that had been brought to them so this man had brought the boy to them and and it's, and they couldn't do it you know in verse 16 say i brought him to your disciples they could not cure him and jesus responds he says faithless and perverse generation so it had to do with faith faithless and perverse generation how long shall i be with you how long shall I suffer you? Bring him here. And we see the account going on. But later on, the disciples asked Jesus why they could not cast him out. And in verse 20, he starts off by saying, because of your unbelief. Because of your unbelief. It is important 
that we don't allow ourselves to get to a place of unbelief. And the way we protect ourselves from unbelief is by hearing the word and hearing the word and hearing the word and believing that word of God and confessing the word of God. Speaking what you're hearing, speaking what you're saying, speaking what you're seeing, sorry, reciting it over and over again. Allowing the word to occupy your heart and to occupy your thoughts. It says because of your own belief. Also, we see that when the Bible talks about Jesus, it says that Jesus could not do. Look at on to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 15. This is Jesus in his hometown. And the Bible says that Jesus could not do many mighty works in his hometown because of their unbelief. Because of their unbelief. So two things as we're believing God and as we're walking this journey of faith that we need to guard against is fear. And the second thing is unbelief. Mark 9:23 to 24 says if you can believe there's a condition there if you can believe then all things are possible to him that believes if you can believe if you can believe and I just want to wrap up by telling you a few scriptures I'll just read out a few scriptures around unbelief Romans chapter 3 and verse 3 says For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? And the answer is no. So it doesn't matter other people's experiences. You know, faith is such a personal journey between you and God. Only God knows sometimes what you believe. The Bible says that it's only the spirit of a man that knows what is in a man. You know, and it can be that personal. But it says, what if some did not believe? That's okay. Because their unbelief does not make the faith of God that you have without effect. Romans 4.20, talking about Abraham, says Abraham did not stagger at the promises of God through unbelief. But he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Romans 11, 20, 23 and 30, talking about the Israelites, says because of unbelief, they were broken up, but you stand by faith. So you can see the contrast in all these scriptures, unbelief and faith. Unbelief does not make the faith of God without effect. Abraham did not stagger at the promises of God through unbelief. He was strong instead in faith. The Israelites, because of unbelief, they were broken off. But you stand by faith. Hebrews chapter 3.12 says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Then verse 19 says, so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. 
Then Hebrews 4.11 says, let us therefore labor, let us strive to enter into that rest, that place of faith, lest any man fall after the same example because of unbelief. So I just want to encourage you on your faith journey today. You know that faith and our belief in God is enough for us to be healed. But you have to believe. You have to have faith. Of course, there are times the Holy Spirit will do as he wills. And we love that. And I, and I thank God for his mercy. And I thank God that he does that. I thank God that there's provision for that. <laughs> it's a provision of grace. It's a provision of love. It's a provision of the mercy of God. And all of us have experienced it, I believe, at one point or the other. But one thing we know is that God also wants us to live by faith. And we have seen that faith heals. What we believe is important. And we need to make sure that we guard against fear and unbelief. They can't work with faith. They will stop our faith from being effective. And the best way to guard against that is to remember the ABCs of faith. Stay in the word. Faith comes by hearing. Romans 10, 17. And hearing the word of God. Keep hearing the word of God. Never stop hearing the word of God. Hear it in the morning. Don't be tired of hearing the word of God. Don't be tired. Your flesh sometimes may not want to, but force yourself because you know that healing starts on the inside and I need to feed my spirit man and then my flesh is subject to my spirit. So keep hearing it. Keep hearing the word of God. Let faith rise up in you and it will dispel fear and unbelief in your life. I hope this has blessed you. God bless you. And I look forward to speaking to you soon. Thank you very much. God bless.